Welcome to the Foundry Church Podcast, helping you to forge a lifelong reliance on God. To find out more about the Foundry Church or how to get involved, visit us at thefoundrychurch.com. All right, good morning. We are in the midst of a sermon series that we are calling Follow. Uh, It's based on a series of sermons given by Andy Stanley in hot Atlanta, Atlanta, uh, at North Point Church a few years ago. And we've been looking at the Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament that detailed the life of Jesus, his ministry and his relationships and his teachings. And we've been talking about this invitation that Jesus gives to simply just to follow, right? to, to follow him above all else. Right? To follow him. And as we've been uh, focusing on that word, it got me thinking about how we use that word today. All right? The word follow. Right? For example, our world is obsessed with right, following. Followers and the likes that they give, right? You guys know where I'm headed. I'm headed to the the social media world, right? And so I did some research and I wanted to see how much uh, we know about followers and social media, right? Now, if I were to ask you right now, everybody, if I were to ask you who was the most followed person on Instagram, what name would you give? Kardashians, okay, that's what I've heard Kardashians a couple times. What? Ariana Grande, okay. You're never going to get this, all right? It's, it's actually Instagram, all right? Instagram is the most followed Instagram account on social media, all right? They have uh, 400, and let me find it, 477 million followers. But to be fair, let's just round down the top five, all right? Number two is Christian well, not, I can't, I'm not going to say these names. Thank you. All right. A Portuguese soccer player. Number three is not Kim Kardashian, but her sister, Kylie Jenner. All right. A supermodel, Kardashian fame. Number four is, Stephen, going to tell me again, Leo Messi. Okay. An Argentinian soccer player. All right. And number four, or number five, I'm sorry, is uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, just a national treasure. Right. <laughs> All right, now, just, just for laughs, I, Andrew Keeney, have 133 followers on Instagram. All right, 133 followers on Instagram. The Rock, Dwayne, right, number five in the top five, has 301 million followers. All right, so close, all right? So, so here's the question. What does it take to follow these people, Right? How do we, uh, how, what do we have to do to follow a, a Kylie or The Rock, right? And this is going to blow your mind, all right? All we have to do is get this, click a button. <laughs> click a button, that's it. Click and you're done. You are following nothing else to do, right? So, so is it any wonder or any surprise that when we talk about following Jesus, we're not really sure what that means, or we get a little, little confused, right? When someone tells us to follow Jesus, hopefully uh, we don't think of just pressing a button and we're finished. 
Right? Hopefully we think a little bit more, right? Hopefully we're, we're not thinking about uh, uh, just having to, to set it and forget it type of attitude. Or hopefully we're not thinking about how we might have to learn a dance on some social media platforms. That's how you follow, right? You, you do the TikTok, right? You do the TikTok dances or you buy a makeup kit, right? Christina told me the Kardashians sell those. Sometimes they ask their followers to buy those, right? Is there, is there any more to this than that? All right, and so look, here, here is the question that we're, we're having to ask ourselves, right? So when Jesus says, follow me, when he says, follow me, what do we do? What, what is it that we're supposed to do, right? What button do we press? What, what dance do we learn, right? Like Tic Tac, right? Just follow me, all right? And we say, okay, but what does that look like? Right, that's the tension that we need to peel like an onion this, this morning. All right? We're going to look at one of the uh, uh, story of Jesus uh, where he's extending this invitation to follow him to some of his disciples. Right? The, the initial invitation that he gives to some of his initial uh, followers, his initial disciples. And we will learn what it looks like when we follow Jesus. Right? And let me just give you a little bit of context here. Like we said before, the first four books of the New Testament, uh, the Bible's divided into two testaments, the Old Testament, right, everything before Jesus, then the New Testament, Jesus, and everything after, right? So the first four books of the New Testament are what we call the Gospels, right, the good news. It's the story of Jesus, right? And there are four accounts of the life of Jesus. Each of those books, each of those gospels is a different account of the life of Jesus, which is extraordinary and is why I will always say, if you're going to read the Bible, right, for the first time, start with the gospels or actually live in the gospels, right? There's no other ancient figure that there's this much information about. Each book of the Gospels, the four Gospels, was written by a different person for a, a different audience. So Matthew, for example, he was an eyewitness, right? That's, that's how he writes his book, as an eyewitness. Mark, the Gospel of Mark was written because Mark spent time with Peter, and he tells us Peter's account, right? Luke he was like an investigative reporter, and so he, he interviewed a bunch of people and got the facts down and, and put, put that together. And then John was another uh, disciple, another eyewitness to this account, but someone who was very, 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 very close with Jesus, like his best bud. All right? So what this means is that some of the, the stories uh, that we have are in, in multiple books or even in all four of, of the Gospels. And, but they're told from different perspectives uh, for different people. Right? The story that we're going to talk about today is like that. Right? Matthew tells it, and so does Luke. And, and Matthew, if we don't know, is, is a Jewish man. Right? And he was writing primarily to a Jewish audience. It was written to Jewish people who already had a faith background uh, to a group of people who already kind of had that foundation uh, growing up Jewish and all, right? They, they, had, they had some history, right? And so they did not need a lot of detail when it came to what God was able to do, right? 
They had the entire Old Testament for that, right? They had family and cultural heritage for that. They, they had that foundation already. And so Matthew, he just gives us just the briefest snapshot of the story, right? Just a, just a quick pick. Uh, of these different stories. And to be honest, it leaves us with a very unrealistic picture, at least when it comes to using this story in terms of what it means to follow Jesus. However, I still want you to read you Matthew's account, right? His, his version real quick, because this was the version that I kind of grew up with when I was a kid. Now, go ahead and turn with me to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. Now you'll notice it says that up there. All right? Now you can use the Bibles that are in the seats in front of you. You can take those Bibles with you. You can uh, go to Matthew, use the table of contents if you need to. Uh, it's in the New Testament, so the second half of the book. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. Or you can scan that little QR code on the back of the chairs and click the Bible tab, along with all of our announcements that I butcher each week. So if you really want to know what's happening... Download that app, click the announcements tab, but in this case, click the Bible tab, and Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 is already pulled up there for you. Now, it's not going to have the whole scripture up there, because I, I want you to get used to grabbing a Bible, or bringing your Bible, and reading along with me. So Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, is where we're going to be at today, or for, for this first moment here. It simply says this. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee... He saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew. Now keep your finger right there because this is important. Right? Simon, Peter, Peter, Simon, like same guy. Right? Simon, Peter, right? and Andrew, who I'm named after. Right? Andrew is, uh, the name means strong and manly, so obviously my parents knew what they were doing. All right. That's all I wanted to say about that. All right. All right. So Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 now, right? So he he. he Right. One day as, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Right. Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And then verse 20 says, and they left their nets and at once followed him. All right. Now, what? Right? I mean, that's just a crate. Think about this, all right? Think about this, this story for a minute. A guy walks up, all right? You're working. You're doing your thing, all right? Whatever you do, you're doing it. This guy walks up. He, he's got long hair. He's got flip-flops. And he says, hey, guys, stop what you're doing. Follow me. Well, and you just walk off, all right? Now, it gets even worse. Look at verse 21, all right? Look at verse 21 through verse 22 where it says this. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets, and he called to them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. End of story, <laughs> right? All right, that's it, right? Do you guys see what I'm talking about? A little strange, right? Kind of just a brief snip snippet of the story, right? right? That doesn't seem all that spiritual to me, right? It really doesn't, right? What it seems like to me is that this is a little irresponsible, right? I mean, guys, don't over-spiritualize it, right? Be honest. Be honest. It's a little irresponsible. Think about it, right? You go home and you say, hey, dad, 
The guy with long hair and, and who's wearing sandals, he said, follow him. So we're, yeah, we're, we're going to follow him. Good luck with the family business. We'll see you when we see you, right? Oh, yeah, and tell, tell mom that we got to go because this random guy said so. Right? It's been nice knowing you. Right? Now, I grew up. I grew up and somebody preached that sermon. It was most definitely at church camp. It's always at church camp. Right? And the application of that sermon would be this. Right? If you love Jesus, you will give up everything and you'll just follow him no matter what. Okay. And they would say things like, if Jesus is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And I would sit there as a discerning PK, right? a preacher's kid. Right, has some tricks up my sleeve. And I would think, well, can we at least finish high school? Right? I mean, why is it so extreme? Right? It's so extreme. I like extreme, but wait a minute, right? I have to decide right now, this second, before my voice is done changing, if I'm going to give up everything. Now, luckily, my, my dad was a better preacher than anyone at church camp because he would explain to me, that there's some good news here, right? And the good news is, is that this was not the whole story. This is just a snapshot of the whole story. Yes, this happened, right? But it's not all that happened, right? So if you have your Bibles, turn to the other version of this story where it kind of expands on it in Luke chapter 5, right? So Matthew, Mark, Luke, three, two books over, Luke chapter 5, and we will see a fuller picture, right? Luke is writing to people like you, and he's writing to people like me, right? Gentiles. And that's just a fancy word of saying, a Bible word of saying anybody that's not Jewish, right? People don't, who don't have a Jewish background. People who need a little bit more information than what Matthew was giving because we don't have the cultural and historical uh, foundation that Matthew's audience had, right? And so before we say bye to mom and dad and just walk off and leave the family business in somebody else's hand, let's look at chapter chapter 5, and it begins like Paul Harvey is writing it, right? All right here's the rest of the story. All right, just verse 1 of Luke chapter 5 says this. One day Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. Oh, right? Oh, all right, Jesus was not just some random guy walking by right? He, he was teaching. He was preaching. He was, a, he was there for a reason. There was, there's more to the story. And now, this is, this is really important, right? We want to understand this, and especially this right here. Following Jesus always begins with information, right? Following Jesus always begins with some information, right? Following Jesus always begins with, with listening and learning and distilling and, and being curious and asking and, and questioning, right? Following Jesus does not begin with leave your world and leave your lifestyle and just start following without any context, with zero context. It always begins with some information, Right, this, is, this is really important because if you've ever been a part of a church or a part of a, a religion where they say, don't ask questions, don't believe, or I'm sorry, where they say, don't ask questions, just believe, right? if that's been the case or, or is the case, you need to run away. Right? Right? Because real faith and, and real Christianity is built uh, on truth, right? anchoring ourselves to the truth, his truth. 
right? It is built on teaching. It's built on listening. It's, it's built on, on questions. It's built on listening. Heck, it's even built sometimes on, on doubts. And so anybody that says you just have to believe, don't ask any questions, I'm sorry, but you're, you're, you're following the wrong people because they're God and their faith is just not big enough. Because Jesus always built faith. Right? He, 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 he built people's faith up. Right? He let them come to him with questions. He let them come with concerns and ideas and, and thoughts and, and just, just awe and, and wonder. Right? In fact, he healed a man's son who said to him, I believe, but help my unbelief in the book of Matthew. Right? Right? Jesus introduced the concept of, of faith and a heavenly father around having information, hearing teachings, listening and learning and applying it and forging a lifelong reliance on God. Right? He did not say only people who are absolutely sure, who are absolutely sure from the very beginning with no context can follow me. He never said that. Right? He knew there, was, there were going to be people like my wife, Christina, who you've probably heard me say this before, uh, but my wife is, is Christina's ride or die, right? He knew there's going to be people like her, right, who are ride and die for sure, right, to the, the fullest extent of that phrase. But Foundry Church, right, Christina, she needs to know where we're riding to. And, and why do we have to die? And is there going to be ice cream along the way? Or do we need to bring a sweater, Right? Right, she has questions and she has uh, and she needs answers. Right, she's ride or die. Right, she's she's going to be there by my side. She just needs to know why, how, and when. She just needs some information. Right, Jesus knows this about her, and and he knows knew this about Simon Peter. And so he's, he's standing at the edge of the water, right? He, he's teaching these people. They were crowding and crowding and crowding in. And then he says this, right? Go back to your Bibles. Verse 2 of chapter 5. He noticed two empty boats on the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them there while they were washing their nets. Right? He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Now let me, let me explain this here for a second. What would, what would happen is that these guys, they would fish at night. That's when they did their, their fishing. They would, they would pull up their nets at the end of the night, and hopefully they had some fish in them. And when they were all finished with that, with the fishing... Right? They would stretch their nets out over, over these long wooden posts to dry. Right? They would pull their nets, these long nets, over these, these posts, and they would, they would dry them. And while they were drying, they would, they would kind of walk around, and they would pull out all the trash, like you know the, the beer cans and the plastic bags, <laughs> all, all the stuff floating in the sea. Right? So they would pull this stuff out that got caught up in their net. And once their nets were dry, they would, they would roll them back up. They would fold them back up. They would take them home because they were very, uh, that was probably the most you know, valuable thing that they owned. It was their livelihood, right? And they would store them during the day. And they would do this every morning after a night of fishing. Day after day, night after night. And so there are these guys, and they're working on their nets, right? 
They're out of their boats. They're not, they're not fishing anymore. They're out of their boats. They're working on their nets. They're pulling all the seaweed off, all that trash, all that junk. And they're listening to Jesus give this message or, or talk or teach in the background, right? Let's, let's, let's read on. Verses 3 through 4 says this. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught from the crowds from there. It was like an amphitheater. Right? During this time, if you were the audience, you guys would all be standing and I would be sitting. All right? First of all, I think we should go back to that. <laughs> but but, but he, he, he kind of left the, left the shore so his voice would kind of expand over the audience. Right? That's, that's what they're talking about. All right? So he asked its owner, Simon, right, to push it out under the water. So he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, keep your finger right there. All right? Now, he could say anything, right? Think about it, right? Jesus could say anything. He could say, did you like that sermon? Right? Did you like that sermon? Now, leave your, leave your family and follow me. All right, can you imagine if after the sermon I said, okay, guys, today's application is this. Leave everything and follow me. <laughs> Listen, next week there would be nobody here. Right? There would be nobody here, right? Sure, right? Simon Peter and Andrew at least have a little bit more information than what Matthew talked about in his gospel, but no, right? Jesus, he, he knows a better way. Listen to what he says instead, verse, verse 4. All right? When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out to where it is deeper and let down your net to catch some fish. Now, this is, this is very important. I want, you to, I want you to write this down. Or I want you to take a, take a picture of it. All right, look. He asked Peter. This is important. Right? He asked Peter to do something Peter had done a thousand times, probably even more, right? He asked Peter to do something Peter had done a thousand times, but he asked Peter to do it in a way he had never done it before. Right? He asked Peter to do something he's done thousands of times, but he asked Peter to do it in a way that he's never done it before. Now, there are two problems with this, right? And you guys already know one of them, right? Number one, they had literally just finished cleaning their nets, and this is not a casual endeavor, right? It's like Jesus is saying, hey, let's go horseback riding, but you've already groomed your horse and put the saddle up, right? Right, that's what he's saying. Or, or when I was talking about this with Christina, it's like she said, it's like when you make a sandwich and you leave the bag open and the, the knife on the edge of the sink and, and it's a mess everywhere after I had just cleaned the kitchen. <laughs> I'm digressing, right? I may want another sandwich, but... Right, Peter is looking at Jesus and he's probably thinking, have you not been paying attention? Right, we just finished. We, we finished what you do after you finish doing what you've just asked me to do. And so Simon Peter very diplomatically says the very first part of, of, of verse 5. He, he says this, Master Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and we didn't catch a thing. Right? Like we said, in those days, they fished at night. He's already had a long night's work, right? right? This was not a lake, it's a sea. And very deep. And, and when the water's cool at night, the fish come to the surface. And so when you're commercial fishing... For, with a net for a large haul, 
right? You fish at night when the fish are at the top of the water where you can throw out your nets, where you can make your livelihood. And that's what they had done. Not very successfully, but that's what they had done. They had been fishing all night. They had been fishing when they were supposed to fish, and they caught nothing. Right? They had gone fishing when they were supposed to be fishing, and they caught nothing. Right? And now Jesus says, hey, Peter, let's go fishing when you are not supposed to go fishing and see what happens. Right? He, he, he is saying, he's saying again, right? Look, I want you to do something that you've done a thousand times, but I want you to do it differently. I want you to do it my way. That's what he's saying. Right? I'm not, he's saying, I'm not asking you to leave your family or your family business. I'm just asking you to do something one time different than you've ever done it before. Right? Now, now, we don't know what Peter was thinking. Right? He could have been thinking, clearly, a carpenter knows nothing about fishing. Right? You fish at night. Right? He could have thought, hey, that was a great sermon, but you're an idiot when it comes to the fishing. Right? He could have been thinking, I don't know if you've noticed, but we've gathered a crowd. There's a crowd gathered around you listening to you. And when the crowd sees me going fishing in the middle of the day, they're going to think I'm crazy. Founder Church, you know what's at stake in this story? With all this, what's going down, this is at stake. What, Pe- what was at stake was whether or not Peter thought he could trust this man, Jesus. That's, that's what's at stake right now in the story, right? That's what's happening right now. That's what's being thrown down. And that is why this next part of the story is so awesome, all right? Look at the rest of verse 5. I'll just start at the beginning. Master Simon replied, we worked hard all last night. We didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. If you say so, I'll let the nets down again. You guys see that? All right, notice, notice what Peter did not say. All right, that, that's always a helpful exercise when we're reading Scripture, or reading, reading the Bible, these interactions with Jesus and others. Right? Notice what he did not say. He did not say, okay, I'll do this because I think it's going to work out and I'll become Instagram famous. <laughs> it's not what he said. Right? He had no idea what was going to happen, right? He did not say, I'll do this because I think it's going to help my reputation or because I think it's going to be a good use of my time. Right? He did not say, I'll do this because this is going to be a great story that I can tell someday on the social medias. Right? He just says, okay. Right? You said to do it, and so I'm going to trust this guy with this, this one opportunity to do something. I, I have done a thousand times. But I'm going to trust him to do it a little bit differently or to do it a different way. Right? Peter had no idea what hung in the balance for his future. Right? Peter had no idea what hung in the balance for his future, for the future of Jesus' ministry. Heck, for the future of the church, right? He just said, I've listened to you. I let you use my boat. And I'm going to trust you with this. Just this one thing. We're going to go fishing. Just this one thing. I'm going to give you this one thing that I've done a million times. So let's see how you can do it a little bit differently. And then it says this, verses 6 through 7. Go ahead and look at it with me. 
And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Now, I'm a self-proclaimed excellent fisherman. <laughs> I'm pretty good. But I've never caught enough fish to sink the boat, right? All right? Both of those big wooden boats began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, what do you think he did? Right? I, did he say, woohoo? All right. This is what I'm talking about. We don't have to work for four weeks now. Someone go buy a refrigerated truck. Right? <laughs> Right, the natural tendency is to get all excited about the, uh, the fish. But when Simon Peter saw the fish, he did something completely different. He fell at Jesus' knees and he said this right, in, in verse 8. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and he said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. Now, here's what happened, right? In that moment, Peter, for the first time, recognized who Jesus was. And this was the beginning of Peter's relationship with Jesus, with God. Right? He had been shoulder to shoulder, eyeball to eyeball, right, sitting in this fishing boat with the Savior of the world for maybe a couple of three hours. But it was not until he took this step, this practical step of faith, that suddenly his eyes were wide open. His heart was open and he experienced something he never imagined experiencing. And listen to Jesus' response. All right, look at it with me. Verses 9 through 10. For he was all struck by the number of fish they had caught. There was probably some high fives. All right. As were the others with him, his partner James and John and the sons of Zebedee were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon. All right. He replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. Look, look, right? Jesus, look at this. Jesus says, I have something for you, and I couldn't tell you what it was until you were willing to do something that you had done a thousand times the way I wanted you to do it. Right? And because of that, because of that step, right? Take a look, right? Your little itty-bitty baby faith in me, he's saying. Jesus is saying, intersected with my faithfulness, and now you know who I am. Right? And on top of that, now you know who you are. You're a fisher of men. Right? Uh, the rock that I'm going to build my church upon. That's later, a few more steps later. But now Jesus is saying, you can trust me when I say I have a future for you. I have a purpose for you, Simon Peter. Right? This hung in the balance of a single decision to trust with a single decision that reflected something you had done many, many times, Jesus is saying. And Jesus continues to say, from now on, you're going to fish for people, not little fish. To which Peter, James, and John are like, what did he say? 
who cares, right? Because the answer is yes, we are in, let's do this thing. Because in verse 11, that's exactly what they said when they said this. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and they followed Jesus. They didn't completely understand, but they left everything now and they followed Jesus. And you would have too. Right? And I would have too, right? And not because Jesus called you and said, leave everything and follow me, but because he would have, uh, we would have listened to him. Right? We, would, we, would have, we would have then inconvenienced ourselves a little bit and taken a single step that allowed God's faithfulness to enter into the situation. Now, to which we want to say to Matthew, it would have been a lot easier if you just told us that in the beginning. Right? It would have made a lot more sense. Right? And that is why I love this story, because it is this story that we find every element, that we find every, every step, everything that we must do or what it means to follow Jesus. And all of us, right? every single one of us, are on one of these four steps. And so as we wrap up today, let me walk you through them. And Andy Stanley gave them fancy names, and I'm going to use his, his fancy names. And so the first step, he says, is this. Sit and listen. We've got to sit and listen, right? Before Simon Peter did anything, he sat and he listened following Jesus, right? Uh, always begins with content. Right? Following Jesus always begins by being informed, right? For some of you, you're simply in the sit and listen uh, phase, Right? The fact that you are here or the fact that you're watching online or that you're listening to the podcast later in the week, it means, and you maybe not know this, but it means that you've taken a first step in following Jesus. You're sitting and you're listening. Right? You are in the observing step of following Jesus. Right? If you're sitting right now with your arms crossed and kind of like this, Right? If you have that look on your face, you're in the sit and listen of following Jesus. Right? The, the next step is this. Loan him the boat. Right? Loan him the boat. Right? This is the step where Jesus says, Peter, hey, it's getting kind of crowded up here on shore. Can I borrow your boat? And this is a little bit of an inconvenience. He had just done, finished washing his nets. All right? He's probably got to get home. It's a little bit of inconvenience, right? Some of you, you need to get your Bible. Dust it off. You need to find a Bible. You need to take one of these with you. You need to download the Bible app. The YouVersion app on any of your phones is probably the best digital Bible app that you can find, and it's free. All right, you just download it. It has devotionals and things that it will text you to read, right? Super easy, user-friendly. Right, and you need to begin to read the New Testament. Or you need to grab a book on your way out there and study to find some of the answers to the questions that you may have. And you say, well, that's a little inconvenient. Yes, it's inconvenient, but it's not going to cost you anything. You don't have to change your life. You don't have to quit doing whatever or quit, quit smoking or something. Right? It doesn't matter. Right? You don't have to break up with anybody. You don't, have to, you don't have to quit your job. You don't have to give any more money. It's just a minor inconvenience. 
Right? Some, of, some of us, we, we hear about pasta with your pastor or coming to the, uh, a Bible study or a table group or, or whatever that we're, is going on or serving on this ministry team or that ministry team. And you think, man, I don't have time for that. It's inconvenient. You're right. Sure. Right? Giving up an hour or two here and there on Sunday afternoon is inconvenient, but some of you have been sitting and listening, and maybe it's time to do something a little bit inconvenient. Right, to take the next step. It's time to take the next step in following. Right? Jesus is saying, can I borrow your boat? Listen, he's not saying, can I steal your boat? <laughs> right? He's not going to take your boat. Right? He, 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 you can have your boat back when he's done borrowing it. He's just saying, can I borrow your boat? And some of us, at all different phases of our faith, we just need to say, yes, I will loan you the boat. Right? Now, the next step is that we need to take him fishing. We need to take him fishing, right? Some of you, some of us, we're on this step. We need to take him fishing, right? And this is where it gets really exciting because your Heavenly Father wants you to do something that you've done, just like Peter, a thousand times before, but differently than you've ever done it before. And when you do that, it will change everything. All right? It might have something to do with your relationships. Maybe it's about your job, your profession, or your money. Maybe it's a different approach to your, your parenting or a different approach to your, your, your just roles in life, like, like your relationships or how you're a father or a mother, how you're a coworker or a neighbor, a brother or sister, whatever, right? right heck, maybe it's a different approach to how you spend your free time, right? Whatever it is, here's how you know what it is. Right, when Jesus is asking you to take him fishing, right? You see, you've, you've been coming for a while, and you've been, you've been listening, and you've gotten some of your questions answered. Right? This is how you know. Right? You, you've been listening, and you got some of those questions answered. And, and every once in a while, you're, you're praying, and every once in a while, your mind is just kind of tuned to something. It just kind of turns to something, right? It's something that's inside of you. And you think, you know what? It may be just a flash, but you think, all right, maybe I need to start doing this. Or maybe I need to stop doing that. Just a, a flash, and, and you're not even, even sure how any of this works, uh, but it's as if your conscience has been tuned into something that it was not tuned into before. What's never bothered you before is just kind of starting to bother you a little bit. Something about your life, something about how you respond to situations, whatever it is, right? You, you've never considered approaching your roles in life that way before, but now you're considering it, and you just can't seem to get it out of your mind. It just seems to always kind of be lingering there, right? There, this is a chance uh, that you need to take for a change that you need to have in your life. Right? It's not changing your whole life. It's just changing one little thing that you've done the same way for as long as you can remember. And something is saying, because you, you've been around, you've been listening, you've been reading God's word, you've been praying, but something is just saying, let's try it this way. Right? Let, let's do it this way this time. Whatever it is, the decision to handle relationships differently, the, the decision to be more generous, the decision to parent God's way, whatever it is, the decision is at the epicenter, right? Whatever it is for you is at the epicenter of what God wants to do in your life, and he is beckoning you to take him fishing. 
And you have no idea what hangs in the balance. How exciting is that? <laughs> the fourth one, the fourth step is leave your nets. Leave your nets. Right? This, is, this is some of us, right? We've had several of those fishing moments, right? We've had some of those, 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 those fishing moments. We, we've obeyed God, and, and wow, look at what happened, right? There's a testimony there, a story there, and we're blown away, right? We've, we've had enough of these, these things, and now it's just time for us just to say, you know what, God? I've been holding on to a little bit of my life, kind of keeping it just for me, and now I surrender all. I'm just going to leave my nets. I've been messing around. I've been playing around. I've been, I've been whatever. I've been saying, okay, you can have this, but not that. Right? I'll take you fishing for an hour or two. Right? And some of us, we, we, we got to quit playing these silly games and just say, Heavenly Father, my whole life is yours from the top to the bottom. Everything. Everything I own, my future, my relationships. God, I want your will in every single area of my life. Whatever it is, wherever you want me to go, I'm there. I'm following you no matter what. So I call the band up, and I want to end with this. The point of, of this message is not to find out where we are on these steps. The point is to ask ourselves this. Right, am I following? Am I following? Right, what, what is your point of challenge right now in your life? Right, that is where God wants to work in your life. That is where he's standing with open arms and he's saying, hey, follow me. I don't care where you've been, what you've done, where you are. Follow me. Whatever your next step is, take it. Right, you do not want to spend another season of your life. I'm telling you. We've all been there, right? You don't want to spend another season of your life just uh, wandering around wondering, where is God? And thinking that I thought God was real and, and what about all these stories and these issues? This, this wasn't God, right? The, the issue isn't that. Right? The, the, the issue was our inability or our unwillingness to simply say yes to something that we've done a thousand times but we're going to do it a little bit differently. Changing that, that compass heading just a little bit. Like Peter, Andrew, James, and John, you don't have, we don't know what hangs in the balance, right? We don't have to know what hangs in the balance of just listening or a small inconvenience or, or managing that one area a little differently or what hangs in the balance of just surrendering it all to him saying, Lord, I accept your salvation. I hear your gospel. That we have all sinned. We've all missed the mark. And I, I hear that. I accept that. And I confess that you are the Lord. And that I forged my life on anything other than you. But now I want to forge my life on you. And I want to meet you. I want to serve you. I want to be baptized in your holy name for your glory and for your honor, for eternal life and for the forgiveness of sins. You don't have to live your life and, and just wonder. I can't make this loud and clear enough, Foundry Church. You will never regret. You will never regret taking 
the next step in following Jesus. Just following him. But if you, if you don't take it, you'll never know what God <laughs> might have done in your life and through your life. So whatever your next step is, take it. Maybe it just means coming back next week for some of you. Still listening, still learning, taking some stuff in. That's great. Do it. For some of you, maybe it's time to get in a circle and get some of your questions answered saying, hey, you know what? Will you meet me for coffee this week and and talk about being a dad? Because you look to be like a really good dad and and I just want to kill my kids all the time. Let's, Let's go have coffee and talk about that. Or it's asking someone, say, hey, do you know anything about the Beatitudes? Because we can get some coffee and talk about the Beatitudes and study scripture together and be the church together and figure this out. For other, others of you, it, it, it's, it's maybe the, it's, it's the one thing is, is, is that God wants you to deal with, that one thing, right? That, 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 that thing that just kind of keeps wedging itself into your life. Maybe saying yes to one of those invitations, saying, I don't know what the Beatitudes are, but shoot, we can figure it out together. For others, it's no more messing around. It's saying, God, take my life and make it what what you will, what you want it to be. Make make the decision to to come up and and talk to me after the service or or to talk with, with Tyler or or Ryan over here to talk about what it means to follow God, to sacrifice your life, to give up your nets and follow him, or whatever step. That's why we're here together, all of us, to guide each other, to help each other as we forge a lifelong reliance on God, as we take steps in following Jesus. That's what it's about. So think about that. Am I following? Am I following to the best of my ability? my following. Let's stand and think about that as we continue to worship this morning.